Good evening, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Culture Shock Podcast. I'm your host, Dave. Today, my guest is someone whom I worked with years ago within the realm of film. And at the time, I had no idea that she was into mysticism or magic or the occult or any of those things. But our guest today is Liz Taylor, and she has a online profile called Light Love Magic, in which she does card readings and other works of magic, including her YouTube. And she, I invited her on the show to, just to catch up, really, and to get a chance to talk about these things that we wouldn't have even known to talk about so many years ago. And in the process, I found her energy and her positivity and her excitement so um, infectious. So, uh, I mean, you couldn't help but also feel that charge of positivity when talking to her. And it's that's so much fun when you have that. And listen, uh, at the time that you're listening to this, you've probably been hearing all kinds of negativity, all kinds of you know, salacious headlines about things going on in Hollywood and all this jazz. And none of that's important because I think that the things that we talked about on this podcast really highlight that most of those things really don't matter in any regard and that it's so much more important to focus on one's own sovereignty and less about the comings and goings of the tabloid-filled world. I want to thank Liz so much for coming on the show and not only sharing her insights and perspectives and her story, but also like bringing that energy to this show and uplifting it. It's sometimes that's it's really needed uh, when when things are sort of bleak all over. And so I want to share my appreciation to her and my appreciation to you for listening. And so without further ado, my guest today, Liz Taylor with Light Love Magic. Um, so first and foremost, thank you for being on the A Culture Shock podcast. It's been years since we met. I think, I don't know, I don't remember the exact year, 2013, 2014, somewhere in that range. But we met working on a what was sort of a pilot docu-series type show around the country artist Clint Black in Nashville, Tennessee. And we met on that project whenever yes. whenever ago that was. It was a long time. It was a while ago. I can't believe it's been that long. And then, and then, as it turns out, many years later, we both find ourselves practitioners of magic. And uh, through social media, we could recognize that we have at least somewhat similar spiritual beliefs. Yeah, it's so funny how that is. It's, it seems so random. At the same time, it, it's cool because nowadays I feel like the, the magic folk can find one another a little easier. Um, and so, you know, we have a place to go. And, you know, when people, something so rare is people who are really into magic, it takes a lot of studying and a lot of mm-hmm. just digesting the material to start to really understand it. So it's not that many people that want to spend that kind of time and discipline to understand it and do it. So the internet is so awesome because you can like sift through the world and like find, you know, and meet up and, and just realize that you're not just a lone creature in a small town by yourself. There's others. There are others out there. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And that's like for all the things that we could potentially complain about the internet, that is one of the benefits that it has yeah. is that we're able to find other people who have shared interests, especially if you're from a smaller town. Like I grew up in South Texas and if I had practiced magic back then, there was nobody who really did that. I oh, mean, yeah. You would have been exercised, crucified, exactly. just like yeah. I, I've been in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> it was hard enough to find people who like punk rock, much less yeah. anything. Oh, uh, God. So conservative in Texas. I remember exactly. I went to Texas for a gig and it was in Houston and all the women there are like so pageant ready. 
And I'm always frizzy with a smudge. So I did not know like how they pulled that off and that kind of humidity. But Texas is a whole other a whole other world. I have no idea. I didn't grow my hair long until after I moved to California because my hair would just be giant. Yeah. If, if and when I go back home, it's a, no chance of con- of controlling any sort of curls at that point. <laughs> awesome. Now, I'm always fascinated whenever I meet another magic practitioner, um, kind of the start of it, because there's there's sins. Everyone has like a very unique story because it's not mainstream, right? It is alternative. And although I would say in the last 10 or so years, there does seem to be a shift towards people experimenting and exploring alternative spirituality. For uh, a lot of people who are like OG, that's like they they have a very unique pathway in. Yeah. Um, and even though it's kind of growing in popularity now, for most of us, like we noted, if you're from a place that's not open to that kind of yeah. variety or diversity, it can be kind of hard to get into it. So, what was like? How did you find magic? Like, what was your entry point in? It's so funny. It's I've always been this way. I was born with this just open crown chakra. I think the veil has always been thin for me. I've always been like, um, like when I was very young, I could see like pillars of light and angelic forms. And I don't think that angels are really anthropomorphic. Like people understand them. I think that Mm -hmm. those energies appear the way that you can understand them for the context for you. And so I was seeing angels, I was singing dark, you know, stuff too. And it was wild. And so I never had to wonder if there was something else beyond what we can really see tangibly. Um, so that was a little bit of a head start. And then I have always been really fascinated with cosmology. To me, uh-huh. when I looked up into the sky at night, it just I just kept wondering what is on the edge of that, mm-hmm. you know, and people are like, well, it's a multiverse. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like the edge of the container of beingness in reality, like what's on the other side? Like, you know, the void, you know, what, yeah. what is that? What are we in? And so I've always just been like the weird person obsessed with that kind of stuff. And then, you know, I just I've always been touched. There's always been like just weird things happening around me. And I've always been wandering off into these like dangerous scenarios and having these like near death like experiences and then just odd paranormal stuff forever. And I, so the first piece of occult material that I was able to get my hands on, and you're going to laugh so hard, was a uh, family vacation. to Disney World. I'm 12 years old and we are in, I believe it's like MGM and there's a a portion of MGM that looks like a Moroccan like market. And 12 year old Liz goes into the store that's supposed to be like the magic genie, you know, kind of theme store. And there was like this little book that caught my eye. And the vibe of the store is um, the one from the craft, like the girls go in and like buy all the stuff. Yeah. House of Intuition. Yes, that's the one that it looks like, right? So I'm in there and I find this little book and I'm like, ooh, what is this? And it was like this tiny little book and it was like love spells and rituals and it had these like this little tiny book of like tarot cards in it. And it was so esoteric and I loved it. And so for some reason, my conservative parents were just like, this is what you want? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, okay, it's a souvenir. It's like probably, you know, just like touristy stuff anyway. But I look back at that book now and it was totally legit and it's talking about all of the like, uh, the personal growth and self-help, like magical emotional work we do, where we're just like sliding down the wall, like steaming it. 
like what I'm thinking of myself as like 12 years old, like reading this book, like in rapture. I just love it. It's so funny. So yeah, Disney World really got me into the, the occult. <laughs> how how fascinating is that, right? Because if you had gone to say a, um, I don't know, like an actual occult shop or, or a Santeria shop or something on those lines and had asked for that, maybe the reaction would have been completely different. But because it was wrapped in this sort of Disney cloth and it yes. was in an amusement park and surely nothing subversive could exist there. It is a little wolf in sheep's clothing. Exactly. <laughs> and then it just breaks open this entire yeah. world for you. I yeah. find it interesting also that every person whom I've met, and, and you know, for me, this podcast has always been about conversation and either meeting people or getting to know people in a different way or in a better way. And in almost every instance, no matter what the story is, there, there seems to be a common theme of a searcher. Yeah. Someone who's just not content with what they're being told or what they see. Like for me, um, you know, I was raised Catholic. And so, and that's another common connection oftentimes with magic. Like if you were raised Catholic, very, there's like some correlation there at least. Yeah. But well, the ritual of it. That's why I love like Judaism and especially Kabbalah. Like I love yeah. ritual. Um, I love that. Exactly. Go ahead, I'm so interested. No, but, but, you know, I, you know, I was born into being Catholic and obviously there's things that I find very attractive about it and, and uh, very sort of reminiscent about it. Cause it reminds me of growing up and I can even imagine the old church we used to go to and what have you. But um, as a teenager, as one does, I just always felt like there might be something different. And so then I progressed into more of a non-denominational church for a little while and, and that was new, but it, it faded very fast. It was like mm -hmm. the very stripped down utilitarian, like watered down version of the current and so for me, when I look back, I have always been searching and not quite willing to accept just what I'm told, especially mm -hmm. as it relates to like what the universe is. Yeah. And I, remember, I remember at one point I picked up a book called Paul the Mythmaker, and it was sort of a Gnostic view on the New Testament. And yeah. sort of like, and I, I just was just started opening my mind to these ideas. Like I was never, I never really transversed into atheism. Um, I always thought there must be something. I just didn't know what that something was. Right. And then, um, you know, I I tried Buddhism for a little while, and then I tried to get it, figure out natural magic for a little bit. And then it really wasn't until right before the pandemic, 2019-ish sometime, that I really, I had been dabbling for a couple of years, but, but really blinded. Yeah. Right? With no real sense of current. And then I read a book called High Magic by Damien Eccles, and that, provided me what I was looking for, which was just a little bit of structure. Yeah. You oh, know? yeah. That's what I just, love about, um, yeah, having a system, having a structure. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Because when you first get into magic, like, let's say, for example, like in your instance, you have you seem like you already are in tuned to register energies that the average person doesn't. Yeah. But for, for a lot of people, they don't even know where to start. And, uh, you know, certainly in the internet age, you should be able to find information but on the flip side there's so much information right it's a needle in a haystack that's always the no matter what you go out there and you try to find it takes a long time and so for me it's been cumulative it's been eclectic it's been that lifelong journey but i will say that during the spiritual awakening that i had around like 2013 2012 mm -hmm. um during that time period where like we were in a big culmination point as a human society and it was right. like the end of the mayan calendar and that rhetoric of like oh we're on the brink is like been turning up for like kind of the first time it was like getting so high 
And I just remember um, I kind of had like this, like this rock bottom in that all that noise and all that tension. And I somehow found, and it was another cheesy thing on the internet. And it was like some guy named like Bert Goldman who was into like quantum jumping. And I was already okay. into like space and like quantum physics and like caught co- like cosmology through the lens of like, um, quantum physics and things like those interrelations i was at that level of consciousness like oh right. it's all connected you know and um so he was talking about quantum leaping and then it was around the same time that like somebody had told me about the secret and i watched that and mm-hmm. I, before that i was just like my energy was out of control i had no idea that i had any control over anything in my life so i was just like um, as frustrated as you can get most of the time. And mm-hmm. I didn't know why all of this stuff was happening. And I just didn't know it was my own chaotic energy that I didn't know how to control. But I think I found it was just like, um, from him, it turned into like new age, those telesummits where they would mm-hmm. send emails of like much like just like a podcast, and they would take you through these um, energy, like uh, this energy work, and everybody had their own modalities. And so that's kind of how I I sort of started doing the energy work in the light body arena, I guess, yeah. um, just through that random stuff. And, you know, then more and more systems came to me. And one day I was at Cosmic Connections, uh, which is a like an esoteric, like metaphysical store over near Belmont University. It's really cute. But I was in there and there's this cat and the cat is magical. And so <laughs> the cat like got my attention. And it's like leading me to this bookshelf. And I'm like, what is it, cat? Like, I know you want me to get something here. And it kept like pawing at this mysterious white book. And the white book, um, when I opened it up, it, it spoke of like Mikelzadek and like Kabbalah. Mm. And I kept seeing these words and I was like, oh, wow. And I saw that book and I haven't read it because it's so thick, but it made me interested in Kabbalah, which was a system of all of existence, yeah. you know, and um, and just spirituality, it gave it like a, oh, the whole thing, a big bone structure. And it includes everything, all of the, you know, like you said, you, you, you dabbled in all of them and it just is like a blueprint for all the consciousnesses. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's funny because you mentioned that explosive energy, that sort of out of control energy. When, when people who are seekers, people who are sort of um, free thinkers, sort of outside the box people, the counterculture that ex- as as much as it exists anymore, it, it can feel like that. It can feel like this explosion of just like, I don't know where to put my brain because it's in a million different places at one yeah. time. And then you find something that you can kind of use as a, an anchoring point. Yeah. Kabbalah being one of them, right? Um, right. Tree of life and and yeah. learning systems and learning how to like charge your energy levels and mm-hmm. and learning how to um, center oneself, balance yeah. oneself. I, I, I'm a Pisces. Uh, I just had oh, my solar, I love Pisces. I just had my solar return just a few days ago. Whoa, and okay. I um I always was dominated by that energy. Yeah. Like it's the very yeah, de- very, very heavy Piscean energy. And I just, I think like a lot of people assume that if they're born under a certain solar sign, that that just sort of dominates their life forever. And that's a portion of it. But I never understood that you can balance those energies out. You You can can, balance your water and your earth and your air and your fire so that you're not overly dominated by them. That Obviously, it's a part of who you are. Yeah. But it it doesn't have to be solely who you are. And I actually got got the King of Cups tattooed on me because- I, for most of my life, was searching for a way to not, you know, ignore my feelings or lean too heavily into stoicism, but to just 
experience them, but stay steady. The journey of the King of Cups. Wow, that's really amazing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, and so uh, again, I think that that structure is so, is so important. And then the other thing you just said that, that jumped out at me is quantum physics. And if you think about it, like at the, at the birth of quantum physics in and around the same time was also when Crowley was sort of starting the OT, you know, the Thelema and, you know, being integrated into the OTO and, and you saw, and, and so, you know, in his approach to magic is sort of, um, you know, the, the methodology of science with the yeah. aim of religion. Oh yeah. The, he was at, like a first class, like systems and tables. Like he was so organized to do every fact. Like exactly. And yeah. at the same time, quantum physics is starting to become popularized and discovered. And so it's very interesting that at the same time in history, roughly, yeah, you have these two fundamentally um, profound sources of information as to the workings of the universe start to spring up around the same time and, and ultimately interconnected. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and on the tree of life, I would say that would be represented by two of the governing forces across from one another. Um, Netzach, uh, mm-hmm. Net- Netzach. <laughs> it's hard. There are the words to, yeah, to pronounce and Hod and mm-hmm. Hod is like that systematic, uh, scientific, mathematical, and then, you know, the Netzach is that whole Dionistic orgy of, of um, inspiration and arts and Venusian themes and organizational systems that have myth attached to them and um, inspiration and symphony and arts and, 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 and creativity and things like that. So that's cool. That's, that's, it's, it's all, it's no accident that those would sort of have that like elevation happening together at the same time. I mysticism and, and, and quantum mechanics. Because if you think about it, again, to, to go back to this idea that this that there are certain people who have this explosive energy. My dad, completely in a different context, one time described me as sort of a, a, a sun or a solar entity, right? Mm-hmm. And that it's it gives off a certain light. And my dad, um, yeah, my dad's kind of a hard science guy, but he's also Catholic. So he's, he kind of straddles the line without yeah. probably defining it. Um, like he gave me a book called the four agreements, you know, a couple of years ago. And yeah. I, I, he was like, you got to read this book. And I read through, I was like, dad, this is magic. Like that's what this guy's talking about. He's it's a different form of magic, but that's what it is. Yeah. Um, but that ex- if you think about that sort of explosive celestial energy and it's necessary to f- be funneled the necessity to funnel it into something productive, into some sort of pathway yep. so that there's order. Some yes. form of yeah. order, uh, and and then thusly be able to exercise your will in a more direct and conscious way. Yeah, uh, I, I I think that it makes the most sense that those two that order and inspiration would sort of be be revigorated around the same time because in theory it is sort of what should be our guiding light in this new eon that we at some point or are currently moving into. Yeah, it's true. And those are sort of the like essential elements of the whole thing. It's like inspiration. And then that becomes fleshed out through the like, uh, focusing of intention through self mastery. Like that's the whole process of manifestation, you know, from that raw, um, 
unadulterated potential in that void area as it comes through, you know, yeah. it's like, and then it just keeps repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating like a mirror looking into a mirror kind of thing. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's just, it's so interesting to contemplate it. And I, I, I remember you said earlier that you were into like the natural systems for a while. Like mm -hmm. I love those, like, and those are also associated with Nitsach and, um, and like just the the um, elementals and the nature spirits like I mm -hmm. love working for them or working with them they're a little bit more mischievous uh, yeah. than just pure angelic energies so you kind of got to be careful with them and you never want to write like go into that um, into the realm of getting too caught up in your own will that you miss out on something better that is the divine will and also not wanting to mess with other people's free will either but i think when we um balance those energies within us uh within yeah. that self-mastery within that self-work we become so magnetic that like when we say something and we have an intention like we just become more magical as a result and so it's like almost like turning up our own volume as opposed to clinging to a limited idea of what we can achieve and then trying to force that, you know? So I think that's where like, that's the responsibility of the magician, you know, of the practitioner. I agree. I agree. I think, and it's hard too, because in this current society, especially over the last 10 years, I'd say people have been very latched onto ideologies yeah. um, and banners. And this yeah. is very like, this is like very like post Nietzsche, like, yeah. you know, we, we killed God, so to speak, in the turn of the century. And as a replacement, we've we've bound ourselves to these ideologies and these banners and these sides, these these tribal yeah. um, perspectives. And it's very difficult to detach oneself from that. But I, I also agree that the more one spends time balancing the energies within yourself, not only the elemental, but even moving beyond those spheres into like, uh, the planetary and the astral and the zodiacal energies as that, as those things start to become more balanced and you start putting equal amounts of your energy into them, it feels a lot easier to disassociate yourself from one, uh, subjective viewpoint presenting itself as an objective viewpoint, which is yeah. very, very common these days. Yeah. And I have found for myself that it, 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 I worry less about the direction I'm going because I feel confident that the direction I'm going is the direction I need to go for either a life lesson or for prosperity or for peace or tranquility or whatever it may be, things tend to happen. And oftentimes what people say, oh, things tend to happen for a reason as a way of sort of like taking their hands off the wheel and, and not taking responsibility for yeah, their own actions. Yeah. Yeah. You can always twist something and lie to yourself. That's the danger of it all. <laughs> That's, that is exactly. But, but, yeah. but, in, but in this regard, it's, it's your, your, flowing with the current. I have yeah. started using that very often. Like my, when I was a kid and I was a rebellious teenager, my mom used to say, uh, you're swimming upstream like a salmon. Oh, I always felt I was swimming upstream. And I think that's when, when I started realizing that we could work with the energies of the universe and we had some control over it with yeah. the signal that we're radiating all the time. That was the first moment where I stopped finally feeling like a salmon swimming upstream. When I started to correct my like vibe, you know, it was yeah. finally like, oh my gosh, like so much easier. I didn't have to fight with it. But I do want to go back and like put a pin or like emphasize what you said about the people getting so attached to those labels or the, oh, I'm this or that, or I'm not that mm -hmm. or this. And I think that, you know, as the progression of, consciousness happens and takes forth and unfolds and unfolds and the more mystical i think people become i think the more that they realize that 
when you are expanding to the truth of like the whole of the universe, you have to be able to hold a paradox. You have mm -hmm. to be able to sustain that because it's always a paradox and mysticism. You never get a straight answer. It's always this and that. And life really is kind of on a spectrum. And I think that the, the kids being born now, every generation is more um, in tune, more mm -hmm. conscious. And so, you know, it's really easy for the people that are older than us that are more kind of like concrete and solid they don't get it. They're like these ethereal wisps that I get it. I'm, I grew up on a, on a phone, you know, connected to a wall, you know, in a, right. in a but like, they're also more willing to not need labels, not need to explain themselves, not need to apologize, you know, just yeah. experience what they experience and live and know the truth you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the goal, right? I think especially yeah. if you're, if you're a mystic or a magician, like that is the goal is to, is to have a sovereignty over your life, over who you are, to be mm. the king, queen, royalty of your own world, um, in a way that respects the, the sovereignty of everyone else's yeah. world as well. And, um, I, I would like to believe that we're moving that direction. And it, it's a tough because you also have to filter everything through social media, which has its own implications yeah. and its own ergor and powers that it can sort of manipulate some of our communication. But I, I do start to believe that we are going to move into a direction that frees us further from that. Yeah. You know, the, the pendulum does feel like it's going to start swinging in a different direction in a direction that is more based on your personality being yours. Well, and I love that you use the pendulum because I thought about that too. And it's like the this or that causes the pendulum to keep swinging mm -hmm. back and forth. But when you can hold the paradox, you're, you find the balance, you know, yeah. because you're holding both things, one in each hand. Yeah, I uh, I was reading an article very recently that was talking about the, um, you know, in the 90s, there was all about that slacker culture. You know, it's just sort of the rejection of consumerism and materialism yeah. and the reality the, bites. Reality bites, exactly. The yeah. embracing, the embracing of leisure, yeah, and the embracing of art for the sake of art, mm -hmm. and in more of the early mid aughts and and maybe still now, there's that sort of swing towards that hustle culture. Yeah, everything is a hustle. Everything is a job. Everything, no matter what your <laughs> yes, no yeah. matter no matter what your passion is, there you have to attach to it, making money. Yeah. Uh, and part of that's because the economies and and our and people's futures are less solidified and secure and solid than it would have been a generation past. But to your point, the burnout factor, right? If everything yeah. is a job, if every hobby is a job, then when do you rest? When do you, you just know, love yeah. and enjoy? When do you give in to pleasure and laziness uh, even? And I'm so much more into that European lifestyle. Yeah. Like yeah. Mediterranean for life. Like, it's so true. I mean, that hustle thing, it's just like, you're trying so hard to make something happen with everything and every moment that you're actually coming from a place, a vibration of scarcity. Because mm -hmm. you have no confidence that there's anything greater or larger than you that's steering your path. And you have no trust that regardless of what circumstances seem like, that something you've you you've set in motion and you've aligned with something that is supporting you with momentum at the very right. barest minimum and so yeah it's 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 hard because in this world that we live in you know you can have it your way at any time people have all these distractions and so they don't know how to just persevere through it and that's why i think that people who have 
um, you know, disciplines of any kind, even people who grew up like taking like martial arts or playing sports, mm -hmm. like they are set up to understand persevering through discomfort, right? you know, inevitably. And oh, what was it that you were saying right before that? It was um, the hustle oh, culture. Or... Has, oh, yeah. When do you ever rest? And it's like, yeah, I, that's why I, I literally did that this year. I wanted to um, I uh, back in the summer. <clears throat> my relationship of five years came to an end and it wasn't something that I wanted. It wasn't something I planned on, but it was something that I was able to, after all of this work round the clock help with self-help and like all the spirituality I could get at every moment. I was able in that moment to say, okay, wow. Um, this is either, this could either send me to a rock bottom like it did in when that happened to me during my Saturn return. Mm -hmm. Or I can lean in and know that with absolute certainty that the creator, the light is like, has a plan, something better is for me, that this is the end of a chapter, the beginning of the next chapter. And so as that relationship ended, I decided, okay, I'm so burnt out from film. I needed to take a step away. I knew it wasn't going to be uh, my long-term goal anymore. I just wanted to, to focus on spirituality and creating things around mm -hmm. that and using all of those skills and, and, into that kind of arts and crafts. And so um, I knew in order to do that, I was gonna have to like devote that time because film takes up so much time. And so mm -hmm. I, I, I called in a bridge job situation that I found the perfect situation to get me to simplify everything and give me the absolute most amount of cash for the least amount of like uh, involvement. And I decided that this year I was going to rest. I was going to do only the things that lit me up. I was going to do only the things that I wanted to do that, that nourished me and that made me feel a sense of aliveness and fun and play. And it just so happens that those are the things that I feel like are my purpose anyway, which is like right. making a daily video to share what I've been ingesting for so long, you know, because you need to be giving and receiving. And so as much as I've taken in, I need to be making 20 videos a day, um, <laughs> you know, and I just, I feel like, yeah, I love doing this. I love doing my, um, my other things, but yeah, it, 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 again, it's, uh, I, I talked a little bit in circles and I a little lost a little bit of train of thought, but yeah, it's, um, it's just been good to have that start over to, to heal from the burnout, but also left to my own devices and releasing and surrendering to that flow. You find the path again when you find your joy. Well, that's exactly it. And I think, um, uh, you know, I think you've touched on something really, really important, which is that you're going to do your will regardless. Your will dictates. It's that yeah. current we talked about. It dictates yeah. your life regardless. It, the only thing that we can do is consciously muddy the waters, struggle. You know, it's like if you, if you, yeah. I'm just going to keep using water metaphors, apparently. If you fell into water and you start splashing around and flailing. You're, you're going to do yourself a disservice versus slowing down and paddling and yeah. swimming. And, um, you know, again, this culture that we live in, I, I oftentimes sort of ironically or, or uh, wearily refer to it as the church of mammon. It's, you know, consumerism, materialism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a product. Everything is a product. And we complicate our lives with just so much stuff and so much noise. Yeah. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with ambition, but there's also a need on the other side, again, to, to strike that balance with leisure and pleasure and relaxation and indulgence. And right. Otherwise, what are you working for? Otherwise, what are you working for? Yeah. Exactly yeah. that. What are you and so, for? 
I think there's a lot of folks who are scared of that. They're yeah. scared of a more simplistic lifestyle. You know, I was um, I was filming in Syracuse, New York for almost three months. Uh, and I just recently got home. And, you know, of course, my friends are like, how's it, how's it to be home? And of course, it's lovely to be home. But you know what the most, the most, um, the thing that I'm cherishing the most about being back home, except for being close to my family, of course, is, uh, is, is sitting outside and reading a book in my backyard where my dog is sitting at my feet, which yeah. is how I woke up this morning. Nice. It's, it's being, you know, I, like it's always it's always really tough for me to do magic when I'm on shoots, as you know, because like the the hours. But like it just demands all your attention and focus. It yeah, and so like being back in my own like temple space. There's like two places yeah. that I practice magic. One of them is this office. Well, I mean I practice magic everywhere, but like you my write. office is one of them. Yeah, I have a shed right outside my office that needs needs to be cleaned and probably decrittered at this point because I've been gone so long. But <laughs> the bodies that, are piling up. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even want to know what's in there right now, but. Um, last time I was out of town for a long time, there was a dead rat in my garage. So who oh knows my what's in gosh. there, oh but, gosh. but that's like my actual temple space. Like it's, yeah. it's sole purpose is that I cloaked it in black for protection and my altars there and everything. And I have like sort of a mini altar over here when the weather's not as nice and just being in my space, just mm-hmm. walking around my neighborhood, smelling the grass, like those little things, that's all I really need. Yes. I love the smells of the change of the seasons. Like yeah. just going for a run or a walk, like you said, just strolling through the woods for a few hours behind my house or like going on a jog through the neighborhood, like looking at the different flowers, smelling the different smells of the year. I'm kind of like a dog. I'm like, Ooh, what's out here to smell and see today? But I love it. It's so nurturing. It's so fulfilling. Right. I mean, this is in many regards, Eden. It is paradise on earth. Yeah. If we allow it to be. Yeah. We can cover all this beauty with concrete. That's an option. And it is an option that we have chosen mostly to do. But we can also appreciate this wondrous life around us. Like the idea of the changing of seasons is so phenomenal. Think about how complicated this process is. The way Mm -hmm. plants regenerate, die, regenerate, rebirth, that cycle, the, the, the changing of winds, all those things, when you think about them are mind blowing. Oh, totally. Yeah. But we take them for granted, right? Because we're sort of used to being in our car and rushing from one point to the next and getting to that next job and doing that next hustle. And I, you know, you know, I've even saw an ad recently that had this sort of bed desk for working from your bed. It's like, you know what? Don't work from your bed. There's, yeah. there's, there's a handful of things you should be doing in your bed and work is not one yeah. of them. Yeah. It's like, I feel the same about all of these commercials that I see on YouTube for like all of these ways to regulate your systems of your body. Like, so it's like people go from like one device, like breathe into your thing, look on your watch, see what tell it, <laughs> like what tell it, this thing's going to tell you what to do day and night. Like, but then people are worried about somebody putting a chip in their head. <laughs> like you're like, right. you bought all the chips, you're paying right. for them. You don't That's need exactly- one. Yeah. Just live your life. Like eat well and like get out there and move your ass. Like that's yeah. all you need. You don't need to blow in a thing, you know, to like hack your metabolism. It's like, it's so funny, but you're so right. It is really so simple. And people miss the magic because the magic is happening in nature. Totally. Like it's happening that you get signs all the time. You get nature spirits that come like work with you. You get like different animals that will regularly come visit you and you'll have these moments and you miss the rainbows and like all of the craziness. And, you know, I, I'm the kind of person that can be like, oh, miss, I a really cool stick today. And that's like, I've got a great afternoon. You know, my, my, my first, and I'm, that's it. I'm in heaven. 
<laughs> yeah, listen, my, my first wand was from a stick that I found. Yes, that's the best. That's the ones right there. Yeah, I have a Moses staff. I don't know if you can see it behind me, but I oh, found yeah. that on the river. And it literally has like these like things coming out of it. It looks like the Gandalf staff. That's my, yeah. my stick I found. I've got all kinds of, I've got too many sticks. Too yeah. many sticks. Too many dead bugs too. <laughs> but you know, even if you're the hardest science person in the world, just thinking about how the complexity and time and probability oh. and chance that yes. any of these functions work, much less work in such perfect unison, yeah. should be enough to, to you know, for one to take pause and to appreciate it. But we just get so busy, busy, yeah. busy. And I think we've also become beaten down with this idea that we're not supposed to enjoy our time, which is yeah. so strange. Because guilty. again- it benefits those who make the money, right? Yeah. If we're if we're busy working till we're and look, I, I still work in film, so I still yeah. I'm still a bit of a workaholic in my in my own right. But I've at least aimed to change my perspective a little bit so that I appreciate my work, yeah. Versus just working for the sake of working or like right. working with this sort of pride of like how much I can abuse my body for like denying it sleep and rest yeah. and comfort. <laughs> I've tried to shift that focus, but. Uh, um, I, I feel like it's it's if we don't find as a society find a way to just slow down and remember that what will come will come yes right and and what is here today will be gone tomorrow and what is yeah. gone will return yeah and that each day as a I'll, I'll paraphrase a friend of mine each day is just another step for a stepper yeah you know yeah that's it that's all it is it's just meandering through like we're not like trying to get to any finish line like we don't want the finish line we're headed towards (laughs) no it's no so enjoy the journey enjoy the path it's it's very similar to uh, my feelings on how uh, like art creation yeah the creation of art the process of art should be the value the result of the art when it's sold or broadcast or whatever that that is beyond your reach that is uh, subjected to yeah, yeah yeah that's subjected to a whole variety of things that you have no say on i i did a on last week's podcast i answered a question about art and one of the things that that came up to me was uh this idea of like whether or not you should you should get rid of art if the artist proves to be less tolerable uh or, or has acted in bad behavior what have you and that's a tough one and it's personal to each person but what yeah. i would argue is that the art changes from the moment it leaves the artist's hand to the moment it gets into your hands. And therefore it's it not owns, strictly, everyone owns it. It's not yeah, the it's artist not. anymore. It's an entity of its own. I agree. I agree. I don't think that if the, if in this cancel culture, which, you know, I challenge you throw the first stone if you're perfect, you know, yeah, out there exactly. people canceling. Yeah. You know who said that, but um, yeah, it's, you can, no one's perfect, uh, but even if the person who does turn out to be unsavory, that whatever was channeled through them, it wasn't about them. They were just a meat sack messenger. Right. Something beyond them, the muses, the spirit world had an intention of that piece of art coming through because it's going to have an effect. I mean, it just does. And all the thing, all the pieces of art that I would think of that come into question right now that I don't want to ever lose or give up have changed the world for the better, regardless of the person behind it. No, exactly. And if you, if it had a personal impact on you, even if it's just that, yeah. is it that worth holding on to? In my opinion, yeah. like if you, if you listen to a song from a musician whom now you maybe disagree with their politics or behavior or whatever, 
did that song still mean something to you? Did it still have an, a positive, does it yeah. still have a, a positive effect on you? Yeah. And if so, I mean, obviously it's one's choice, but I feel like it would be a real shame to lose that. I, uh, right. I read a definition on art the other day that I want to repeat because it just, I like it so much. Art is the investigation of magical change through uh, aestheticized personal expression, thereby enhancing the experience of life. Yeah, that's true. I would say that's 100% a fact. And I <laughs> think that just the definition of it. Yeah. yeah. And that speaks back to the process being the most important part of it, right? The yeah. process of creating art, the process of bringing in divine inspiration into you and channeling it up, just like if you were breathing in light, just as like if you're bringing yeah. in chi. Yeah. And this is it's why I don't do hexes. Out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, well. it's like, it's like you're bringing a certain inspiration inside of yourself and then you're expressing it. And that expression is not only the divine, um, uh, the divine sort of muse, but it's also, it also should help you see the world in a more enchanted manner in a more clear manner and in a manner that's more aligned with your purpose. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So true. Now, yeah, 100%. Now you you're living in Nashville and um, I haven't been there since probably we worked together last, but I remember Nashville to be very much like Austin, Texas, and that it's kind of, you know, it, it starts as a very sort of rural sort of uh, Southern town, but it, it, it gets quite eclectic with its art and its mm -hmm. youth and its infusion of, of music. Is it still yeah. that way or like how much yeah. of that magic has it retained? Oh gosh, this is a this is a big can of worms. My so yeah, you're right. Like outside of Nashville is more um, conservative, mm -hmm. um, traditional types of folk, um, and as you move into Nashville proper, it gets a lot more eclectic and liberal. But I think that the nice thing about Tennessee overall is that people really, for the most part, uh, minus the extremes. Everybody uh, really gets along together. We're all just mm -hmm. having a good time together. It's like yeah. some country woman would say, we just want to have a good time together. So we're, we're all eating food. We're, there's a lot of music happening, a lot of culture all the time. Uh, the city has expanded so fast. And I think that it's it, it's been uh, over the last 10 years, it's been happening slowly and gradually, but also very suddenly. Like uh, one week you will drive down the road and something will be drastically different. And it's like inception drastic. Like a right. building will be where a road just was and you're suddenly disoriented like a person with dementia. Mm -hmm. And if it was a natural disaster, like when the tornadoes came through and obliterated everything, you'd be like, oh, it's so tragic. But right. when it's in the name of progress, you're just the one that's the stick in the mud that doesn't know how to progress into the future. And it's like, you don't right. understand. I'm haunted by sandwiches I can't get anymore. Like I yeah. have memories and buildings and, and vintage stores that I bought, found treasures in and decades of things, you know, and culture that people loved here that have legitimate history. I mean, people like Willie Nelson ate at Rotiers. You know, right. it wasn't just a place where hamburgers got flipped. You know, I mean, this is like Dolly Parton territory. You know, when they tore down Hermitage Cafe, which was a place you could go get breakfast late at night. And probably uh, the only thing there off, you know, for the tour buses, that, you know, back in the 50s and 60s when that thing sprung up. When you went in that building, you know, and you've got all the spirits running through you and you're drunk, you can feel the history in it of the people that ate there. And now it's... Yeah. You know, just got kind of boards on it. It's probably going to be like some apartment complex with the apartment people. My friends were like, who are these people? And we're like, it's the apartment people. 
<laughs> and they're all like moving in from all these different places. But I guess we have a lot more people and a lot more things happening. And so it's really fun. There's a, you know, really hot food scene here and everything and lots of stuff to do all the time. But you know, the, the, uh, the faded memories and shadows of what was are still lingering and I hope they'll always be here, but it's, yeah, it's, it's bittersweet. It's hard, isn't it? Because especially when it comes to like architectural development, that's, that's rampant everywhere. It seems yeah. like and certainly in Los cheaper. Angeles and, and it's again, it's, it's yeah. And it's presented as, you know, progress, like you noted earlier, but you lose something, you lose that magic, you know, you yeah. lose the history. And, um, you know, I, I believe that, that you can put energy into anything like that diner that, that used to serve breakfast at any time that has an egregore that has an energy yeah. that has a spirit and intelligence in it. And you can feed off that. Oh, and every layer of grease. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we have a, in Los Angeles, there's a, there's a, a cafe called swingers and it was about to close down during the pandemic. And luckily like someone swapped in and, and I think the people who worked there, like, yeah, pull their resources to keep it open. Yeah. But it was, it was one of those, and, and you know, it's Los Angeles, so there's a lot fewer of those types of places that are still authentic and like have it's that history. So yeah, and so and so, I was really grateful that they were able to keep that alive. But on the on the just the other side of town, the Viper Room, which has its own egregore, its own oh, history, which is yeah, conflicted, yeah, that's about to shut down. Oh God, for, for some crazy apartment complex again, oh. apartment people. Just and, uh, the things that happen there with Motley Crue alone. Can you imagine? Exactly. <laughs> and every time you walk into that place, you feel that energy, the yeah. good, the bad, the ugly. And uh, it's getting sort of sanitized in a way that I, yeah, it's unfortunate. It sort of strips yeah. it of Feral. the culture, I think. Yeah. At the edge. Now, do you see any growth in like esoteric uh, shops or acceptance or practices? In in Nashville, has around that- Nashville, you know what? It's funny that you say that the shops are actually doing well, um, and, and and just not to totally trash Nashville. Like, there's a very rich culture, like it's mm-hmm. bringing up, and it's really nice. But yes, the shops. There are some good shops. There's still probably not as many as in other places. I don't think. I think that people are starting to wet their palate and get more curious, and they like the crystals. They like all the you know the fanfare. Mm-hmm. But I think they are. Still afraid of what mama and daddy are going to say, you know, if they see them out there saying or liking or doing certain things or participating. So uh, there's, you know, things haven't gotten that relaxed around here, but there are a lot of people moving in from a lot of different places. And so I think that's expanding it. Um, But I think that OG Nashville is, you know, there's a lot of like great psychics here. Mm -hmm. There's a really awesome magical community and the people who are here are golden uh, where there's just not like, it's not a huge community. And I think there's always enough people where you're like meeting, you know, different people all the time, but it is very exciting whenever like new stores spring up or like something new that's magical pops up. It's always like a big thrill. You're like, ooh, more crystals. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so cool. It's 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 funny you mentioned that like the the magic community there is small because sometimes I think that's best. Yeah. You know, anytime something gets too big, and yeah, one of the things that I now that I live on a coast, I, I try to impress upon people because you, you so often hear this sort of degradation of the South and this idea that people from the South are like this this certain stereotype, and you summed it up perfectly. People are just trying to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's extremes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's extremists, of course, like there are yeah. anywhere. But per capita, I have never, ever met nicer people 
in the world than in the South. They're yeah. just, it's just a different type of person. And like you mentioned earlier, Texas is one of those super conservative states and people have their guns and their big trucks and whatever have you. And sure, that that's that is real. Yes. But right. like I could I could walk up to any person just about in Texas, no matter what their politics are, what their religious preferences are, what their viewpoints on people's personal lives are. And I could say, do you want to grab a beer? Do you want to grab food? Yeah. And they'd probably be down for it. You know what, too? That's the same here. But I also think that you and I have an advantage because when we, from working in production, we've been exposed to thousands of people of all different walks of life. Yeah. And the average person is exposed to the same 20 people in their office every day, Monday through Friday, you know, and like the people that they see on the weekend. So we definitely have had a very, like, a gift in that being able to to meet so many people because of the brevity of our gigs. Like you're just like turning and burning like through all these people and you don't even notice. But I I feel like that's, you're right. 100%. Because obviously like you learn to have to interact with different people. Or you just have a different perspective because you've heard people out. You know, you've sat through their interviews. You've heard what their personal story is and how they Mm -hmm. got where they went and what their living situation is and why, you know, so you see them in a different way. You get a personal look into their life. I mean, how many times have you gone into someone's house and been like sitting and squatting in a corner behind a light stand for like eight, 12 hours a day? And you're like, oh, (laughs) I never thought I'd be here doing this right now, you know? Right, right. You get a peek into their life that other people don't get. And I wish other people could get that because I, I have long held that we as a species have far more in common than we have differences. And personally, I believe that we are literally all just aspects of divinity poured into flesh and bone to observe itself and to experience itself. And When you consider it from that perspective, then it's really hard to hold anger or hatred towards a variety of strangers because really when you strip away all that bullshit, you're just two folks trying to make it through this crazy world. It's and so you should be able to bond on that alone, if yeah. nothing else. <laughs> but the, we're on the brink of oblivion, people. What is it going to take after these years? It's so funny that you you worded it that way because that was uh, the message in the oracle, like the oracle cards for today. I, I used the the birds, and it was sparrow, and had to do with like this universal um, human, uh, humanitarian oneness. And, and I was just thinking, you know, with the internet, we were talking about earlier, the, it's a mixed bag of tricks, but it does offer us a moment where when we hear about things like breaking out, like in Eastern Europe right now, these aren't just random strangers. We mm-hmm. fo- I follow all these like Russian Lithuanian pole dancers. And I like, I know their personalities. I see them as these girls that I could be going to get a drink with. You know, we have like the guy, you know, not just guys, girls are into it too, but people who like gaming and they're talking to people all over the world. And it's like, maybe that person in, you know, Goodlitzville who would have been listening to people talk shit about people from other countries and have different beliefs, maybe doesn't think that way because he's friends with that person in that country because they play video games together, you know? So it personalizes all of these people and you're where we like have a peek into these people's lives. It's so yeah. interesting. It's such a weird time to live in. Well, you know? it's, it, yeah, exactly. It's like when we were talking about balancing and how the, the, as you lean into a more spiritual path uh, in, in our case, magic, it kind of alleviates that need to like attach oneself to a banner or an ideology or, or a side. 
and I think the same thing happens when you open your mind to meeting and befriending people who are, who have different beliefs than you. I don't think I have any one friend who thinks exactly like I do. Yeah. And and That's sometimes good. yeah, sometimes we I have friends who we very much are polar opposites. Yeah. In our beliefs or you know but more likely it's the spectrum of like, I believe this, I don't believe this. And and that's all great. That is part of number one, the human experience, in my opinion. Yeah. Number two, in the same way that we were talking about the marvels of the universe, it's marvelous when you meet different people with different perspectives. Yeah. I was just going to say, otherwise you can't get the full perspective of reality right. if you don't hear, see it through all these different lenses, that 360 like crystal ball perspective of every view. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's occurred, um, and I hope that we're breaking away from this, but I, I think that because of the functionality of social media, where you can block, mute, isolate, create list, you, you, you silo yourself with people who just think just like you do and, or people who are afraid to say anything dissenting yeah. because then they will be ostracized like big brother. Like the TV oh, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They'll get kicked off the Island or whatever. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, and so I think that that is, what that leads to is people basing their ideas of other cultures on stereotypes alone, because they're not actually interacting with those cultures. They're not yeah. interacting with someone who voted differently than you or mm-hmm. believes differently about the pandemic or the war wars overseas or whatever. Yeah. Right. If it, it, you know, look, you don't need to let people into your life who are disruptive, but, but I do think that being challenged is a good thing. Yeah. And it's an important thing. And if, and as magicians, it nothing drives me crazier than when I see a magician act in a manner that is no different than just someone who you spends know better. Their, yeah. Yeah. Spends their yeah. life at Starbucks and yeah. Walmart, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It, it's, it's like if you go through all this work, all this effort, you know, you talked about at the very beginning, like, the amount of reading one must do, yeah. the the contemplative nature of of mystical gnosis, like yes, all that time right. and effort. I mean, even just ritual work. I, my ritual takes about an hour plus these days. So I know, and it, you just keep thinking, you keep discovering more things that you want to keep tacking on. <laughs> exactly. No, you're right. It's like at the end of the day, it really turns into how full of shit are you with yourself. I think that's a lot of it. And I think that that one of the things that that leads to is that I I do think that for as good as it is that the culture has blown up, it's also become kind of a, a, like an image, like a kind of a, like a, like a, like a personality that one can slip on oneself for a couple of years. Like we all, most of us, not all of us, I guess there's a lot of people listening who might be too young for, but many of us went through an emo phase, right? Yeah. Many of us I, went through like I was definitely the alternative like freak punk girl growing up thinking like I had to just be like that all the time. Um you know, I couldn't wear, you know, Nike's if I wanted to cuz I was like, you know, a Converse girl and it was exactly. like yeah, just those stupid like like labels. Yeah, and so there is a little bit of infusion of that within a culture and and um you know, I hope that that's just a momentary blip and the pendulum will shift away from it. So we get to a point where we're actually celebrating our oneness and our differences. Again, you yeah. talked about it early. Like there's, we live in a world of dichotomy, right? We live in a world of juxtaposition Yeah. when, when one engages in magic and, and that's one of them, right? We are all one and yet we're all different and we should experience in that just like yeah. the, the divinity poured itself into the world to experience itself as part of divinity. Why are we not experiencing ourselves with others? And in particularly, 
people who are different than us. How boring yeah. would it be to watch the same TV show over and over oh, and over again? I know. I love like people who are different from me. I love going to different countries and mm-hmm. learning about different cultures and people just in different walks of life, people with different hobbies. Like it's so much more fun to talk to people who are into different things yeah. because it, it's so much more interesting than just hearing like the echo chamber. I think that was one thing that drove me so crazy about film is that, you know, when you're there that many hours a day and then you go to lunch and everybody's still talking about gear and stuff. You're like, yeah. oh my God, it's safe. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, stop talking to me about the work. <laughs> I'm, I'm really bad because I, I should be more personable at lunch, but I have to just sit by myself. Well, no, I, I know. I mean, sometimes I just want to be in a void and like look off into like bright, like, oh, uh, just drool, you know, in silence. And it's just sometimes it's not even an option. But yeah, well, that's one reason why I just had to make an exit at least for a while. Yeah, it's good to take the break. And look, whether you find yourself back there or not, you know, at least you have you have redefined what your life needs to look like. So whether or not that fits or doesn't fit in, at least you have, it seems like a a clear idea of like, okay, this is what I like my life to be like. Does this fit or does this not fit? That goes for people as well. You know, sometimes at least for me, I know like in this magical journey that has meant that some people quite don't fit as well as they need to, or my time doing this thing doesn't quite fit what I want to do as well as I want it to. So you don't have to like, do a harsh cut, but you kind of move those to the periphery and you, yeah, you move, that's right. you, you're moving closer to you what serves you best. Yeah, exactly. Now you on your, your website, which is live Liz underscore Taylor underscore magic with a K um, you do readings. Um, tell me more about like what your sort of online presence is like. Yeah, so I've never gotten myself together technically enough to have an actual website, but I'm on uh, Instagram as Liz underscore Taylor underscore magic, magic with a K. And then Light Love Magic is sort of my brand uh, page. Uh, And then on YouTube, I'm Light Love Magic. And yeah, so on Instagram, I've been doing that for years, um, showing up Monday, Wednesday, Friday to do a tarot oracle reading and do some kind of post like that for the day. Um, and then uh, this year, I've had my YouTube channel for a long time. I just haven't, until this year, been really serious about doing a daily video and making mm-hmm. it part of my practice. So this year, January, started doing that, uh, which, which has been really fun. So uh, that is Light Love Magic. And I will do readings on Light Love Magic, the YouTube channel. I'll do like full moon and new moon readings. I'll talk, um, I'll give extended talks about the Monday, Wednesday, Friday card pulls. I might um, have just a random thing that I want to talk about for the day that was just a download I got or mm-hmm. something that I observed. Or And I've been really liking to do on Saturday nights, uh, late nights, studies on the secret teachings of Jesus from the Nag Hammadi scriptures. And that was basically Ooh. like you said, when you're like, I, I have all these things I want to add to my day and I don't know where to cram them. That basically like I read through the Nag Hammadi scripture, maybe a little earlier in the day, maybe it's right before I press record. And I, I get impressions about what I'm reading. And then I basically just like start it and talk talk about it there. Uh, but yeah, so that's been like the secret sermon Saturday night kind of thing. And in Ooh. Judaism, um, or at least mystic Kabbalah, the, it's, uh, it's believed that it's very powerful to study late at night. Mm. And especially after midnight, because there's a different portal of energy opened up where you can... 
I guess like more is revealed to you through your efforts. And if you put yourself out of your comfort zone, that usually produces more yield as well. So that's that whole tired element and the portal of time. It usually adds up. And I usually work on Saturday. So it works out that it's just like late at night. I'll come home. I'll do the video. We'll do the secret teachings of Jesus and forbidden gospels. You know, I find that. People love getting into Jesus when it's forbidden. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually, to... Jesus is, okay, like, I get so angry at the Christian church because they turned this, like, radical enemy of the state, this, like, liberal activist who's just, like, a maniac, right? He's got, he's so funny. He's so smart. And they turned him into this porcelain plate, like, of, of a version of, like, whatever suits their agenda for whatever they're doing that week. It's just so live. It's just so watered down and like limited. So I can understand where atheists and agnostics are coming from because what I see in them is the anger of their rejection of that. They're like, this is not it. This is not um, what it was supposed to be. But I think that they, they can't get past throwing the baby out with the bathwater. They can't be like, okay, I can like let the church be that because that was human people who did this and then just study like Christ's teachings and even most of the canonical like gospels that made it into the Bible, people aren't even really interpreting those correctly Uh, anyway. uh, Oh yeah. I mean, I, I I hold that the the Bible is one of the greatest books on magic ever, if if not the greatest. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's all there. It's, you know, magic is just universal and it's learning how the governing forces of of reality work and mm -hmm. knowing that that is like clockwork and then disciplining yourself to, to align with that. And there's, it's just like money. It's just like the internet. It's just like any kind of energy. It can be used for good or bad. You know, I can use my phone for, for good or for evil. You know, I can use any of it for good or for bad, including magic. It's like, it's like fighting over gravity. Gravity's not good or bad, depending on how, you know, our perspective of it. But like, it just is what it is, you know? So it's up to us to yield it and wield it. Absolutely. And honestly, like there are others who are yielding it and wielding it in ways that maybe aren't best for us as a species. I mean, I've heard theories and I've heard sort of um, perspectives that things like advertisement and logos are sigils and spells of sorts. I mean, essentially right? they are, yeah. I right? mean, the, that's the McDonald's arch- arches invokes a reaction in you every time you see it. it is, yeah, yeah. It's designed to change you and make you hungry or make you Influence whatever it may the be. subconscious, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So if you learn then to wield some of those magical tools, A, you can recognize it in other things. You can recognize it in other people and yeah. you can free yourself of that attachment or at very a minimum, I'm not saying you can't eat at McDonald's, but you'll at least be making a conscious awoken choice right. and not just sort of a sleepwalky yes. assumption that this is all there is to life. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Good point. Good, good, good point there. Because yeah, it, it it like it magic like like you said, it's really everywhere. Color magic. I don't know if you've ever read this book by Dougal Fraser, Your Life in Color. Yeah. It is the most amazing thing. He just it's like the most simple uh, magical system to work with, 
you can be so lazy and just like the moment you're aware, more aware of the color, like it immediately starts doing its work. And you're like, whoa, I didn't even mean to get this started yet. And you have like huge things in your life happening. And you're like, hey, did you mean to work with teal today? Or hey, notice you had on some red, like you're ready for some emotional like exercises. <laughs> like it's crazy. So it's there whether we want it to be or not, you know, yeah. just like manifestation, just like the law of attraction. These are all the, the, the danger is redu reducing them into one's simplistic understanding without understanding all of the other factors and context involved. But each law, it, it really just plays out, you know, like clockwork. And when you yeah. start to understand them, you see them everywhere and you're like, oh, okay, this is just navigating in the world we live in. Now, knowing what I know now, I can't even imagine what it, I can, I can remember what it was like to live life before I knew what I knew. And it was like, no Stressful. wonder people are so crazy and angry and hysterical and upset and stressed out. Yeah. And terrified. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's what it was like for me. Yeah. And I think that, I think a lot of people experience that. I think a lot of people, again, this, the society that we've structured in, in, in the way that we've structured it is not, in my opinion, conducive to maximizing and optimizing the human experience. We were not designed to work for eight hours a day with an hour lunch and uh, a half hour commute on either end. We're now our we're eleven hours away from home and our family and our friends and yeah. and and oftentimes we put all you know we put half of our day roughly into this job and we see no connection to the fruits of our labor. We you know yeah. we're not an artisan who's building a, a, a you know we're not a blacksmith building a sword or a a woodworker building a, a cabinet. Like we don't, we're so disconnected with what we produce in yeah, life. Yeah. And so it's not like in ye olden times, we just sat around and ate grapes off trees all day long. There was labor and work and danger as well, but we were connected to it in a more uh, universal manner. Yeah, Whereas now we were, we're connected so, to that purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're so, we're so disassociated now. And now I think the theme that, is, what's the point of this? Whereas before we were directly connected with the purpose of every single thing that you spent your day doing. Now exactly. everything we do is like, what's the point of this? Exactly. And then yeah. and then you add on that that 24-hour, seven-day-a-week news cycle telling you that everything is terrible. Yeah. And oh. social media, which depending on how you use it, more often than not, can well up anxieties and, and antagonism within ourselves. And even things like Citizen App, you know, I'm, I'm not making a judgment call whether it's good or bad, but I have seen people when they get alerts about all the crime that's even remotely near them. It's just, I know I mean, I'm like, I just like to live life like in the forties when people just basically like had to, you know, get something to eat, like survive on your own without the breathing device to hack the metabolism and without the alert of the criminal next door. It's like, yeah, you know what? Like, have you ever watched a nature um, show? Life <laughs> is hard out there. People, you got to take a risk every time you walk out the door. And I don't want to live life trying to like climate control every moment. Like I like the exhilaration of the danger of going to Aldi without knowing who's committed a crime near, you know, the parking lot. Exactly. So and I'm you just going to risk it. It's not, it's not like you could stop it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, what are we going to do? I can't live in fear and I can, it's too much of a burden. There's no reason to, you would just be living in a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, and I like, mean, some of the people around me do, and they don't understand. Sure, you know why? Well, I, I, uh, uh, one of my, one of my good friends has often said, "Where, where, in uh, attention goes, 
energy flows. Yeah. And if your focus is always on all the things that could go wrong or all the things that are wrong or all the things that will be wrong, then you're going to live in a world where things are fundamentally falling apart around you. I, I've seen it like in relationships. Yeah. Folks who hold on to trauma and hold on to disappointment and hold on to hurt or betrayal. And then they can't understand why that's all they see in other people. And that's right. all they find in other people. Yeah. Whereas like all that holding on to all that anxiety and fear and stress and, and drama doesn't actually protect you in any manner. Yeah. I've never ever yeah. seen anyone who's been weary or, or anxious be less hurt when inevitably when they Something practice for happens. it. Yeah, exactly. Like, did the rehearsal help soften the blow when your loved one died? Like, no, it did not. Like, no. it's still going to suck. And preparing for the suck sucks your life away. And yeah, and you know, if we weren't so afraid of the pain, you know, it's like, you don't want to avoid it. You don't want to like put your head in the sand. But I think that the right, the, the balance is experiencing the pain of life letting it wash through you, having that full vivid experience of it and letting it digest, letting it do the work on you to change your heart, to change yeah. your perspective, to open you up to more radical acceptance of things that are out of your control and to appreciate the things that you can appreciate when they're there and to do what you can to change the things that are in your control. You know, that's really like otherwise. Yeah, that's like why Jesus was always saying like, look, the kingdom of heaven is within you. If you are like sitting around like fearing like the worst, then you will never be saved. I can't save you. It's really up to you yeah. to just be there with me and try to go with what I'm saying. Like try to listen to what I'm trying to tell you, man. Like I've tried to put it in a parable. I've tried to just say it right up front. Like, and they're like, I don't understand. <laughs> He's like, <"Wah!"> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor, poor Jesus pulling his poor hair Jesus. out. Poor Jesus. I mean, my God. That's, <laughs> that needs to be a bumper sticker. Yeah. Poor, poor, just like, you know, that you ever seen the meme with like Captain Picard with his hand in his. Yeah, in his, exactly. He, That's that, totally Jesus. Yeah. He's just like, God damn it, guys. Come on. Yeah. I love it. Those moments in the Bible where J Jesus is dropping sick burns. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when he's talking to like some of the priests, the heads of the temple and they like, he's telling them about like being born again and like, you know, the rebirth experience. And they're like, how does one be go up into their mother and become born again after they've already been born? And he's like, who is flying the plane? Like you are the elite that are holding the scrolls. Like what are we doing here? Like, Oh my God, what's happening? Well, I think that's a clear example of trying to control the narrative, right? Yeah. Versus, versus learning and accepting the message. Yeah. I think exactly. that you see that very often. It's like, I'm, I don't want to be glib with this metaphor, but like you, you've often heard stories that like when in a car accident, the person, like if there's a drunk driving accident, the person who was intoxicated will oftentimes be less injured than the person who maybe was sober. Yeah. And, absolutely. and I'm not advocating for dr driving drunk, obviously, right. but, but the reasoning behind that is because they stay loose. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't tense for impact. Right. Right. And they're, they're malleable. They're agile. Yeah, malleable. Yeah. And so uh, I think that when we look at traditional religions and in particular leaders within certain um, churches and faiths, they get very rigid in their dogma yeah. and, in, and in their, their need to control the narrative being shared versus being going with the flow, flexible, malleable. You know, 
trauma and tragedies sometimes are necessary in life. They are what help us grow. Right. Anyone can be happy during good times. Yes. It's it's through hardship that we oftentimes learn the most important lessons in life. Right. If we allow ourselves to. Yes. And um and you know, it doesn't mean it hurts less. So like if you lose a loved one or a romantic uh, entanglement ends or what have you, but it does mean that there's a perspective that can be gained from it. Yeah. And there's growth that can be gained from it. And, and if nothing else, acceptance is such an important lesson in life. Yeah. I feel like that a lot of folks are struggling with, because we're just, we've got this stranglehold on life, oh, trying yeah. to force it to be what we want it to be. Right. When if we let go, it would actually flow in accordance to our will in a, in a much more organic sense. Yeah. I can't remember whether it's a new earth or the power of now where that's one of the concepts that Eckhart Tolle talks about. It's just that like you will alleviate so much of your suffering if you just try to stop like fighting the moment that you're in. It's like people yeah. that get really like worked up in the grocery store line and they're like, ah, ah, ah. and I'm like, you're making yourself miserable. I'm over here just having a good I'm just having a good time over here. That's it. Just have a good time. <laughs> yeah. And listen, I used to be one of those people. Time. Yeah, I did too. I was just you know? like steaming. I mean, I'm an Aries with the Libra rising, so I'm like feeling my own fire all the time. I was just like one boiling temper rage after another, but it feels, it just feels so much more relief yeah. um, to, to be in a state where I don't need to be right. I don't need to convince someone of anything. They're not going to listen to me if they're not open to it. Who cares? Yeah. Like, you know, do our best to like put that positive influence in the world. Do your own personal best, but you can't change other people. So you just have to accept them and show them love. Because if you keep showing them love, then it's like what we talked about earlier, uh, earlier about being connected with the world in a more personal mm-hmm. way. Um, even if they're your enemy, if you keep being your same self and unchanged by their behavior, you'll eventually win them over and they'll want to harm you less. And so they'll, it's like a, like we can't change the world in broad strokes. All we can do is the little tiny micro moments, you know, that's right. And they add up. They do add up. Yeah. And they're, they're important. There's a, there's a parable that I love that talks about an an ancient Chinese monk. And um, he, he, you know, the, he sort of the town revered him. And one day a young lady in the town gets pregnant by another young man, but she's afraid to tell her parents. And so she says that this monk is the one who impregnated her. And so this angry mob of people come with the baby when, once the baby's born and they hold it, they knock on the monastery door and they uh, invite the monk out and they say, you did this, you, you, you know, you took advantage of this young woman. This child is your responsibility. And his only response is, is that so? He takes the baby, turns around and walks inside. Many years pass and the young lady feels regret for having lied and and missing her child. And so she confesses and she comes clean with what actually transpired. And so the town feeling their own sense of remorse goes back up to the monastery, knocks on the door. The the monk answers with this young child next to him. And they say, we are so sorry. We, we, We were wrong, you know. And he says, is that so? And he gives the child back and he turns yeah. around and he walks inside. And so good or bad, yeah. uh, praise or damnation, unwavering in one's own truth, unwavering in knowing that none of those extremes matter, only one centeredness. And I'm not saying I'm that at all, but I'm striving for that. Constantly. Yeah, trying. Yeah, I know. I always wonder if Eckhart Tolle is always like, 
fat calm or I wonder if he ever gets triggered underneath the surface and he's like just don't do anything to muck it all up (laughs) I I, want to believe that don't react at all keep smiling (laughs) I want to believe that he's got some sort of one of those like you know those smash rooms that are popular now yeah you know, he just like throws a fit and like yeah. tosses a desk over a and rage room. That'd yeah. Be great. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I mean, just... you gotta get it out somehow, but you also might be able to get to a point like him where you're just transcendent and you're just like, what the fuck ever? Everything's about to explode anyway. Well, what I yes, that's me more often than not. <laughs> Although I, I actually do think we're gonna be okay. This is just like as dark as it's been every time over the last few yeah. years. This is a moment to show humanity how far we've come since since just not that long ago. The yeah. whole world is on the same side. There's a very small, minute percentage of the whatever is left on this face of this earth that wants to be aggressive like that. And I think that the fact that we can see that kind of outrage in like most of the population is 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 very hopeful. Yeah. I think there's still there's still quite a bit of evil in the world and definitely and especially always, but... especially when you get to like the higher levels of control and government and yeah. corporations and things of that nature. But I think that on a personal level, on a communal level. Right. Most in the, are in fine. the large numbers of quantities of people. Yeah. Right. But like where you're saying the the evil is concentrated, it just happens to be concentrated in very powerful uh, yeah. corners. But yeah, I think that things are changing on people's individual levels. And I think that's that's good. Um, it's never comfortable. Like you were saying earlier um, about like the discomfort is what makes us grow. But that's true in Darwinism as well. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's nothing evolves without pressure. Exactly. And, and yeah. that's one of the things that I love about magic. I'm not saying magic is the only path, but it is. It's my chosen path because there are those built-in moments of pressure. There's yeah. discipline involved. There is discipline, and it is you have to take 100% responsibility for your choices. And it's so funny because I, I said to somebody the other day, I was like, you know, even magic isn't a magic pill. Take yeah. maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. um, it's like another friend of mine has, has said, it's like working out. It's like going to the gym. Yeah. There's or, no, or martial art. Yeah. No like way around you it. You can't show up one time. Lift the bar heavy once, and then now you're you got muscles. It just doesn't work that way. No. And and you could work out every day for ten years, and then if you take three years off, guess what? And I'm living. You take three to this. weeks off, it's over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I used to like a few years ago. I used to work out like religiously, and then I, I went through a divorce, and I stopped working out so much, and then I got a little older, and I was working freelance, and. You know, oh, the body. I can't work out on like set days. Forget it. No, no. Yeah. And the body changes and you see the reflection. You're like, oh, I guess I got to I got to get off the couch now because I'm getting a little too dad bod for my own good. And <laughs> that's the same for magic. Like if you yeah. don't, you have to be consistent. Better yeah. to do 15 minutes of something every day than an hour or an hour and a half of something on special events once a month. Yeah, consistency is key for everything. I'd say I that's agree. true. Yeah, I agree. And it yeah. and it will it will ta- it will challenge you and it will test you, and it will uh, sometimes depress you when you realize like how how much information there is to try to wrap your head around. Yeah, but that's where you grow, and that's mm-hmm. how you grow. And I think yeah. that as this world opens up to people, and as we can potentially use social media tools to open some experiences to folks that may not have otherwise come across it. 
there's that possibility that folks that, you know, that won't be for everyone. And some people will do it for being trendy and some people will do it just as a marketing ploy to become a mini Kardashian, but there will be those few people. A Kardashian? A Kardashian. Oh my God. I'm stealing that. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Maybe, maybe if that was my handle, I would have like a hundred thousand followers. <laughs> you might, you might, you should, you should think about that. That's dead on. That's what I'm going to start calling uh, most of which talk, I think, is just Kardashians. Kardashian. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> but, but there is that small percentage of folks who legitimately will find some truth, some light within it, and they'll and that that'll be all they need, just a pinhole of light in an otherwise dark room that will just lead them, yeah, lead them out of uh, out of being lost, lead them out of despair, of loneliness. It'll it'll just be that guiding light that draws yeah. them in. And then once that happens, you're unstoppable. Yeah, definitely. You know what's interesting about um, the people in my circle of like people who read what I make or, or watch mm-hmm. the things that I do, um, they're they're not even necessarily like people who are trying to like learn more about magic or into it at all. They're just like people from all walks of life, gen- all gender spectrums. It's so crazy how I think I even had like a Trump supporter like mm-hmm. like like one of my posts time is like on the Facebook page that like doesn't get any like uh, traffic at all and I'm just like this is so random and it's so interesting to see the community that gets built around something that's so it seems so niche oriented but in my specific case like because I look at the analytics to try to get you know you, you you try to get a handle on like you know who you're talking to and for me it's not the same kind of demographics that you would traditionally like think like oh yeah you have like this type of person that you're probably talking to it's it's there's so many different people well i think because while magic or the occult might be niche the themes that we're exploring are universal yes it's what uh, is it what is it to be a human being yeah exactly yeah. i on my last podcast i did a q and a Right, just let, I just had people submit me questions, and I didn't look at them that closely beforehand. Yeah, I don't do a lot of prep before this podcast. I think Some that's people, best. Will, yeah, I yeah. think I agree. I'm the same. I get let it be spontaneous because yeah. if I try to prep, then I lose all the ideas. And it's exactly, not, it's not fresh. It's not hot, fresh. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, I mean there are some people who listen to this podcast and be like, I absolutely didn't realize that you don't. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've uh, dropped my phone off the back of the couch all the time. I just leave it. <laughs> but. When I was going through and answering these questions, I, again, random people, some people practice magic, some people don't, some people are conservative, some people are liberal, some people are socialists, some people are completely uh, politically agnostic, men, women, trans, everyone, a variety, right? Yeah. And yet there were these common themes that just kept resurfacing. And it tells me that we're all searching for the same answers. Yes. We're all just going about it in our own individual ways and in the best way that we possibly can, Mm -hmm. you know, the Biden supporter and the Trump supporter and the, the, the socialists and the stay at home and the, the Catholic and the Baptist and the the Buddhist and the whatever. I could just list every subgenre of anything I can think of in the end, what everyone is just doing is trying to get through this crazy life in the best possible way that we can. All of us are searching in our own unique ways for for love and and happiness and some sovereignty over who we are and the ability to feel like we matter. Yeah, that's so true. And I think, yeah, no matter how bad it looks, people are doing the best they can. Maybe they're not doing your best, but that's their best. Right. You know, 
and sometimes your best from day to day changes. It does. Everything is a spectrum. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So remind everyone where they can find you. I mean, I, I just have to say, like, I love your positivity. I love that you're approaching this with excitement and passion and love and joy. It's infectious. Yeah. And I feel like the magic community could absolutely use more of this. So remind everyone where they can find you and when your videos come out and, and all that good stuff. Because I think that folks... If, if they would like to continue following you, we'll, we'll really get something quite joyful out of it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And just so everybody knows, like this joy did not come because everything in my life went right. <laughs> it was mostly came because most of it went not the way that I wanted it to. So be hopeful if you're in a difficult situation that everything can change and all it takes is your own, just something to click inside of you. And then the rest of your life will change too. If you want to find me, you can find me at Liz Taylor Magic on Instagram. That's where I do a lot of the, the most of my activity and check out my stories. And that's Liz underscore Taylor underscore magic. Magic spelt with a CK. My brand page on Instagram is Light Love Magic. You can find Light Love Magic on Facebook as well. And then my YouTube channel is Light Love Magic. And I try to release episodes daily. So Excellent. Excellent. Well, I will make sure to share some of your videos on Twitter. That's mostly where I'm at these days. I'm trying okay. to eventually peel myself off of social media entirely, but it's a, it's a process. Yeah. I like it. I like doing it for fun. It's a fun tool to create with, but I can see how it can get really exhausting and it can be a hamster wheel. Well, I think it's all, what's most important. And just like anything else in life is you kind of are what you eat. Yeah, you exactly. What you Curate what you're looking, what you're being absorbing all the time. Curate it with intention for sure. Exactly. Well, Liz, yeah. thank you so much. It was such a joy to catch up with you oh, and like oh hear about all the cool stuff that you're into. I didn't even know. Like, it was like we worked together for like a weekend, like years ago. And I then know. it was I so was, fun talking to you. Likewise, likewise. And I love yes. seeing your posts on Instagram. I, again, oh, I love the you. energy that you're bringing. So thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest. And, and hopefully we'll do this again very soon. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. It was so awesome. And it's been fun following you all these years too and just watching you do your thing. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, we'll talk soon and yeah. have a wonderful week. All right. Thanks. I want to thank Liz once again for being such an energetic and insightful guest. I loved the fact that I could catch up with someone whom I'd worked with years ago and find out that even though she's part of the world of my day job, so to speak, that when you peel back that outer layer, you discover that you might have some like interest that you weren't even aware of. And I think that's symbolic of most of the time what happens when we take the opportunity to actually get to know one another. And it's so tough in this more digital world, but there are ways to have deeper conversation, mediums that allow for long-form uh, discourse to go back and forth so that you can discover what you have in common and realize that it far outweighs what you have as differences. And just because everyone's talking about it, I, I just want to slightly touch on sort of the weekend's events and just say that as someone who has unfortunately been involved in uh, violent situations before, be they fights or being jumped or what have you, and someone who has trained in martial arts and has learned the humbling defeat a thousand times over of being tapped out on the jiu-jitsu mat, uh, I find that there are better ways of conflict resolution than violence. And whether or not you feel like a violent act is justified in that moment, my experience is that it leads to escalation and it leads to uh, far more negatives than there are positives. There is 
almost always a better way to handle situations of discomfort or embarrassment or even feeling threatening. I think one must think of the long-term ramifications of one's actions and think beyond one's own ego, one's own narcissistic tendencies or uh, insecurities and, and remember that there's many more people who may be hurt by one's actions. And so for the people whose night was ruined, uh, for the people whose past traumas were triggered, for the colleagues who were there to have their work appreciated, for the folks whose story was represented by this actor uh, and whose story this actor won an award telling and whose story was completely overshadowed by his actions. Uh, I feel I feel bad for them. I feel bad for those who were half the size of this actor and who were uh, you know pushing sixty years old and who was assaulted without provocation. I, I know that there will be some people who disagree with me, but I think that those people who champion violence are oftentimes the very first people who melt under the heat when they have violence forced upon them. Not that we should ever want that for anyone, but it just seems sort of to be the case that those who have had the least experience are the ones who champion others acting violently towards others. And I think there is a better way to resolve things. And I think that there is a more respectful way and a more dignified way to defend those you feel may be affronted. Uh, So that's my opinion on that. Take it or leave it. But I want to thank you all so much for being wonderful listeners as always and really showing that there is something uniquely interesting to you that you can get from these conversations that I have. That's really what makes everything so much more worth it. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you once again to Liz. And until next time, gold rings on you all.